Blog Talk Radio. I gotta slow down. Stop for a second, take a look around. And I gotta take blogtalkradio.com. Word Alive is based on John 10.10, where Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Word Alive co-hosts are Ella, coming to you from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and Renetter, coming to you from Gladwin, Michigan. You may email your comments, prayer requests, and questions to wordalive612 at gmail.com. And that is a capital W. Join Word Alive each Thursday evening from now on at 6.30 p.m. By calling 646-378-0538 or online here at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Word Alive where all previous broadcasts are available on demand. You may also listen to Word Alive 24-7 and live by downloading the Blog Talk Radio app for your Android phone or by downloading the Word Alive podcast on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at wordalive.now. Thank you for joining and we pray that there is something edifying for you in the broadcast. Well, hello, everybody. This is Renetta here at Word of Life, and we're so glad that you joined us. Today is Thursday, um, February the 25th, 2016. We're at the end of uh, February already. Wow. I beg your pardon? I'm just saying, wow, time is flying. <laughs> yeah, we're at the end of February already. Seemed like it was just Christmas, man. And, uh, well, well, how are you, Ella? I'm so glad that you're with us tonight. Yes, it's good to be home. Uh, had a wonderful fellowship and presence of the Lord and just enlightenment. God used us wonderfully to uh, enhance the quality of my dear, dear mentor and friend's life in the midst of the tragedy that she was she had experienced. Amen. Well, actually, Ella, since you left, we have not had a broadcast. <laughs> oh, uh, the last okay. two, the last two Thursday nights, I just totally forgot about the broadcast until it was too late. And then last, what makes it so funny is last Thursday, all day long, I'm thinking about the broadcast all day, all, all week leading up to, I was thinking about the broadcast, but for some reason. But even on the way home from work, I was thinking, now the broadcast started at 630. Make sure you get everything ready at 630. When I walked in the house, whatever happened after I walked in the house. Oh, last Thursday, I had a house full of people. Oh. I had my granddaughter visiting. 
from Detroit, and then um, I was supposed to was that Thursday? I was supposed to babysit for my son, and uh, so his two children were here, uh, two month old and a well three month old now and a three year old. So I had a seven year old, a three year old, and a three month old. <laughs> Yes. Oh, um, oh, 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 Lord bless you, sister. <laughs> yeah, and I had slept crooked the night before, or slept on two pillows, and I had a crook in my back. But I get, I woke up that, I woke up that morning with a crook in my back. But I had told him I was going to babysit so he could be off Saturday with his wife, so they could be home at the same time, because they hadn't uh-huh. been home at the same time for a while because of their job. So I'm like. So I kept my word, and I baby, and I was thinking I was supposed to get up. I thought she was getting up like around eight or, but they both didn't get up after ten o'clock. So I'm like, oh well, no show tonight. Wow. So we haven't had a broadcast for the last two weeks, but we're going to pick back up, and we've been talking about change. Um, I know, I believe the very last broadcast that I did. Yeah, we we took it up about change again. And so we're going to continue with our uh, theme about change. We talked a little bit about how people have an adverse reaction. I hear you shuffling papers or something, Ella. Yes, I'm finishing up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so we, we talked about how people dislike change, and change can be so uncomfortable for people. Sometimes to the degree that sometimes people would rather stay in a very uncomfortable or very compromising or even dangerous situation than to change because they don't know what's on the other side of change. And some people uh, would just rather stay where they are rather than change. And then we also talked about some change is thrown on us, so to speak. Sometimes we are forced to change because things happen in our lives that we have absolutely no control over whatsoever. And uh, I remember the week we talked about that. The very next week, my friend died. And uh, I had to, well, actually that week that we did the broadcast where we talked about sometimes you're forced to change because of stuff that takes place in your life, like death, um, accidents losing a job, uh, a spouse losing a job, uh, a spouse leaving you. Those are things that happen to you that you basically don't have a lot of control over and you're forced to change your life as a result. And so, and then that week died. And so the following week I did um, a tribute to my friend because he had been very instrumental in uh, me coming back to the Lord and, and living a saved life. And also pursuing God at uh, a different depth than I had ever pursued him at before. And so I did a tribute to him that was Apostle Ray Bartell. And so the last two weeks we didn't have a broadcast. So now we're back and we're going to continue talking about change. Excuse me. And so the the reason why I wanted to start the year off talking about change was because it's a new year. And at the beginning of the new year, a lot of times people talk about making different changes in their life so that uh, they don't end up in the same place at the end of the year that they ended up last year. Because usually at the end of the year, we 
we look back over our lives and we see a lot of things that we think should be different. And we look at our lives and we decide, you know, I don't want to live another year where I end up where I'm at right now. And so we set goals and in place to try to make certain changes in our life at the beginning of the year so that hopefully by the end of the year we'll be in a better place. And so I thought it would be a good year to start off the year talking about change. And so uh, I'm not going to review everything that we've talked about. Uh, uh, that's That's about the basic review that I'm going to give so far up to that point. But um I did want to talk about, I wanted to start where we left out when uh, we were talking. I believe this is the scripture that Ella used, and I didn't write down the scripture or where I got it from. So I don't know what scripture it is, but uh, starting at verse 16, somewhere in the Bible, it says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. This is the scripture that Ella read on the last broadcast and did about change. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And so I wanted to start right there because a, a couple of things in here. It talks about the veil being taken away. And you know that, well, uh, most of the people who probably will listen to this broadcast are already believers. And you go to church and you know something about the word of God. But in the Old Testament, uh, they built, Moses built a tabernacle in the wilderness. Uh, we, uh, the children of Israelites spent 40 years wandering a- around in the wilderness trying to go to what the Bible called the promised land. It was a land that God had promised to Abraham, which means he promised it to the children of Israel because the children of Israel were offsprings from Abraham. And so, uh, so they spent 40 years wandering around in a wilderness that was only 11 days' journey away from where they were when they left Egypt. They had been held captive in Egypt for over 400 years, and they were in captivity because of their disobedience to God. But And so they spent 40 years wandering around when it, if they had known it, and it, hey, they, if they had just, even at this point, just being an obedient, yielded people to God, it would have taken them eight, 11 days to get to the promised land. Yeah. And so when they wandered around in the wilderness, Moses built a tabernacle under the instructions of God. And in the tabernacle, there were uh, a, there was an outer court, an inner court, and then there was the... Um, oh, uh, what was the last place called where the glory of the Lord was? Ella? Uh, the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies. And so in the Holy of Holies was where the uh, the Spirit of God dwelt. And it was, um, they had a built a, oh, words are leaving me tonight. They built a. Uh, Altar. 
No, the thing that the they pet. carried when they, when they had to move. Oh, the ark. The, 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 yeah, the they were ark. moving the ark. They, so they the built the ark, and that's where it built. Yeah, they made a cart to move the ark. And so in that ark was the the so-called containment of the glory of God. And so, and to get to the ark, the only people who could get to the ark was the priest. And the only priest that could go to the ark at the time when it was time to go to the ark was the priest that was on duty at that time. They didn't all get together and go into the ark at, at together, you know. Uh, they had they were they had assignments where they would serve, and when it was a priest's turn to serve, they would go into the holy of holies, which was be behind a veil. They would go behind the veil to go in and make the atonement uh, for the sins of the people. Where and when they would go be, behind the veil, God would forgive the sins of the people, and they would sprinkle blood on the. Uh, different parts of the ark. I don't have all of that right in front of me, so I'm not trying to give you a detailed story about that. I'm trying to bring you up to today. So, after Jesus died, the veil was ripped, and it wasn't ripped from the bottom up as if it was ripped by a man. It was ripped from the top down because it was ripped by God. And that Mm -hmm. veil was ripped. And so, when the veil, when we get saved, (coughs) excuse me, we get to experience God without a veil. Mm, mm, mm. We can say we are forgiven of our sins. And so because we are forgiven of our sins, there's nothing between us and God any longer. There's nothing separating us from God anymore. The ministry of reconciliation have taken place when we get saved, when we believe on the Lord Jesus and uh, we believe he's the son of God when we believe that he died on the cross for our sin. And we believe that he rose again on the third day, according as the scripture has said, we are forgiven of sin and we get to interact with God one-on-one. And the veil is taken away from our eyes, the veil of mystery, the veil of not being able to understand things. The veil of not knowing God is taken away, and we actually can enter into a relationship with God My while we're coming God. to know God. Yeah. And in this relationship of God, I'm going to read verse 17. It says, well, I'll start at verse 16 again. It says, and Ella, do you remember where you got this scripture from? What What, what is the scripture? I'm going to read, I'm going to read it now. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So because we turn to the Lord, that veil is taken away, which means we are not separated from the glory of God any longer. Hallelujah. Amen. You can Amen. actually experience the glory of God on a daily basis in our life, in our walk with him. And then verse 17 says, for the Lord is the spirit. And wherever mm-hmm. the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now in this place that we are reconciled, reconciled with God, we get to experience a freedom that we've never been able to experience before. We get to experience a freedom that the whole world is searching for. The whole world is looking for this freedom. And we call it all kind of names. We say, well, if you find a person uh, who's your soulmate and you fall in love and you guys get together. Yeah, that's it. That's a, that's what you've been looking for all your life. And that's it. And a little girl start out 
real young, growing out, up fantasizing about finding the love of their life that's going to make them so happy and take away all of their problems, their night and shining armor. That's not the freedom that I'm talking about. And sometimes a man that started out on a quest to gain power, gain position, gain status. And I know when I get that job and when I'm making that much money, I am going to be free, free, free. I'll never have to go back to the ghetto again and this and that and the other. And I'll be free to do whatever I want, whenever I want, buy what I want, go what I want, make my choices, make my own decisions. And then when they get to that level, they find out that's not the freedom either. It's it's not what you think it is. It can even be something as simple as, Getting on the internet, something catching your eye, and you wanting to buy it, and all of a sudden this this urge is released in you that you gotta have it. <laughs> and if it only costs a few dollars, sometimes you could just make the purchase right there. And sometimes even if it just costs a few dollars, you gotta you done already paid all your bills, you don't have no money left over for the month, and so you gotta start finagling some things and trying to figure out what it how you can get it. Shuffling something around, Ella. Okay. Ella. Yeah. It's not like you're shoveling snow or something. <laughs> <And> so anyway, <laughs> there was a time you probably would have been doing that. <laughs> and so, um, but anyway, and when you make that purchase, you feel like a release or a gratitude or a a, a pleasure. Wow, I got it, I got it, I got it. But when it arrives, it doesn't feel quite the same way as it did when you purchased it. After you had it about a week or two weeks or a month or a year, and after you start using it, it doesn't have, have that same gratification for you as it did the moment you make the purchase. Uh, I'm not talking about the freedom to buy whatever you want. I'm talking about a freedom that can remain with you for the rest of your life. Mm, mm, I'm talking about a freedom that once you really understand what it really is, what it really means, what Jesus really did for us when he died on the cross, what he did for us when he was down, when he was dead for three days, and what he really did for us when he rose again on the third day. I'm talking about the freedom you get to experience when you find out what all of that really means to you, for you, for the life that you're living right now. My God. It's a freedom that I cannot make you understand until you experience it yourself. But it's a freedom that I'm going to tell you is more real than anything you can touch, anything you can eat, anything you can see. Anything you can feel in the natural is more real than that. It's more genuine than that, and it has more satisfaction than anything this world has to offer. I'm not going to say the world don't have you anything to offer, but I'm telling you that this freedom that I'm talking about is greater. I'm going to read that those two scriptures one more time. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, The veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
freedom. And a lot of times in the church and the churches Amen. that I grew up in, they would they would kind of interpret this scripture as you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we are free to praise and magnify, and we are free to praise and magnify the Lord. And so we would take that as freedom to praise God and worship him and shout and speak in tongues and run around the church and just have a good old time. But this freedom goes way beyond that, even that. Now I'm going to go to the next scripture. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see. And reflect. Now, we know what it means to see. It means like um, if you are walking up your driveway to your house, you take out your key, you put your key in the lock, you open the door, you hear sounds on the inside of your house, and you're thinking, who made it home before I did? And you want to see who it is. When you turn that key and open that door and walk into your house, you get to see who's making the noise. You get to see who are you anymore. It's revealed to you. You get to witness it yourself. You see it. Yeah, yeah. So this scripture says, so all of us who have had that very move can see and reflect. What does it mean to reflect? Reflect means if I take out a mirror and I hold the mirror up and I look in it, I'm going to see the reflection of me looking in it, which means when I look in that mirror, I will see me looking back at myself. Why? Because I'm looking in front of the mirror, and the mirror is going to reflect or show whatever the whatever is in front of it. So if it's something behind me, whether it's alive or whether it's a piece of furniture, if it's in the sight of that mirror, I can see the reflection of that piece of furniture in the mirror as well. Somebody walks behind me while I'm looking in the mirror, and that I can see the reflection of them in that mirror as well. Anything that's in the eyesight of that mirror will be reflected in that mirror. So what are we seeing and what are we reflecting? So all of us who have held that veil removed, all of us who have believed, all of us who have turned to the Lord, we have had that veil removed. We can see, we can reflect what? The glory of the oh, Lord. Oh. Hallelujah. I am a human being walking down here on earth just like you, but I can see the glory of the Lord. Not only can I see the glory of the Lord, I can reflect the glory of the Lord. I can reflect the glory of the Lord by the way that I live my life, by my attitude, by my showing forth of his love and every opportunity given to me. Instead of showing hate, I show love. And instead of showing jealousy, I show love. Instead of uh, showing revenge to those who have mistreated me or done something wrong against me, I show love. And in doing that, I reflect the glory of the Lord. But it's not done. We're still in the same verse now. It's a whole lot in this one verse, Ella. This is amazing. (laughs) I'm still in the same verse. And it says, in the Lord. Now I get to see the Lord. I get to reflect. I get to see the glory of the Lord. I get to reflect the glory of the Lord. And then it says, in the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now the Lord 
is the one and the same, the Spirit. Yeah. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But the Lord, this scripture is telling me that the Lord and the Spirit is one. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more Him. Yeah. Like that glory that I'm reflecting. I'm coming more and more like that glory. Like Him. As we are changed into his glorious image. So as I begin to reflect the glory of the Lord. Now remember, if I'm a believer, the spirit of the Lord lives and abides inside of my spirit. Because I believe, and I'm born again once I believe, and I'm born again by the Holy Spirit being birthed into my spirit. He therefore burst me into the kingdom of God. And now I am a member of the family of God. I'm in the kingdom of God. And now I get to see the glory of the Lord. I get to reflect the glory of the Lord. And then I get to be made more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This is the change that we are going to be talking about in our next few sessions. And we are at the end of our broadcast. We did start a few minutes late because I almost got it tonight, too. I thought about it a few minutes before 6.30, so I had to run in and turn my computer on and get set up. But this is the change that we are going to be talking about, being made more and more like the Lord. Yes. And we are changed into his glorious image, who we now reflect to the world. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ella, you can have a few words. We got a couple of minutes. You can have a few words, and and then you can take us out however you want to. Welcome back, Thank you. Thank you. We see through a glass dimly, but then we shall see him even as he is, even inside of us. We see and we know and recognize that God is moving, he's changing us, he's growing us, he's expanding us. And it shows to other people that people don't have have to tell them, they know. And that is our heart's passion and desire, that the men and women shall know that Christ lives inside of us. They don't know, well, here's Christ, there's Christ, over here's Christ. They will know that he lives in you and I. And tonight we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, I pray that there comes a hunger and a thirst for the rightness of Christ, the rightness of that passion to be like him. Glory to God. We thank you tonight, Lord. Be our guide and our strength, and let us be changed. Into that great image of Christ, our Lord Jesus. And amen. God bless everyone in our radio audience. Give them that taste. So taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. And the scripture we read tonight is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse 16 through verse 18. God bless you. Please come back next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. And please bring somebody with you. I promise you this is going to be great. And if you know somebody who's like 
in between making a choice to serve God or not serve God, or somebody in between making a choice whether to uh, return from their backslidden ways or whether to stay in sin, please invite them to next week's broadcast right here on Word of Lie, 6.30 p.m. God bless you all. We pray that you will come back again and please bring somebody with you. And have a God night. God bless you, sis. God bless. Thank you.